Right, so we are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm John Lennon. <laughs> and I'm Paul. <laughs> I think I'm like the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> I didn't know we were, we had code names, but I am Falcon. <laughs> I told Ben I was in a weird mood and it came out real strong there. <laughs> you made my glasses fog up. <laughs> I cried. I got a case of the giggles. Yeah, <laughs> we all did. Giggles. I think it was contagious. <laughs> All right, and I we are words. I literally have do it. abs now. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh them right into place. And we are words and whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Mm. I, I gotta say, it was pretty fun. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to listen to the whole int- or the whole episode, but I was when I did the transcription or I looked at it when I was exporting it, I was like, wait a minute, this looks really funny. And I did listen to just like this first bit and I was very <laughs> pleased. Where I was pretending to be you. Yes. Intoxicating weekly book club. Wow. <laughs> very good. Was that Ned Schnible? <laughs> Ned Schnible. Yeah. Very well, excited. I think I'm done laughing now. Oops. Now we're all oh, very good. serious for this. Yeah, that was the, the pretty remainder much of the quota. podcast. And I am Thomas. You know when you, <laughs> you start laughing like that and like you're really not supposed to be laughing? Mm-hmm. That happens to me all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be like a bridesmaid in a wedding and I'll just be like <laughs> People have to love that. <laughs> I ha- it's like your what's it called? Intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's like intrusive giggles. So right. after you see the groom to be crying because his bride is walking down the aisle, and you're like, "He's a fucking ugly crier." In your head, and you start laughing. Like, bitch. <laughs> Loves his wife. What a douche. What a nerd. Oh man. I do hope you uh, cut most of that out from. <laughs> That was a lot of laughing. <laughs> Whatever gets cut is going to just end up in the devil's cut. So, <laughs> just, just a, For just a joy. little audio clip of laughter whenever like <laughs> we're not laughing and you need us to. <laughs> yeah, laugh track. Yeah, exactly. Just just, laugh we track. just had a laugh track. <laughs> we built one on accent because of your accent. <laughs> Today is our third episode, and we're going to be talking about the first interlude through chapter 20. But before we go too much further than that, featured cocktail? PJ. PJ. I, PJ? PJ. I've, I just made a Vesper. So a Vesper? three ounces of Bombay Sapphire Gin. No free ads. That's the uh, <laughs> one ounce of Reikia vodka. I will call that one out. It is so good. Half an ounce of Lillet Blanc, all shaken, and twist a lemon. It's the James Bond martini. Not yeah. stirred. Mm-hmm. Looks really you, pretty. You really don't need to shake it. There's no 
real reason to, but for the James Bond aspect, you kind of, you got to shake that shit. Yep. You got to commit to it. Shake mm-hmm. that ass that. for daddy. Come. I get that. Aaron, what are you having? <laughs> well, I made a double Negroni and surprise, surprise, it's almost gone. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a grapefruit Topo Chico. Sparkling water. Sparkling water. If you want to spend 20 bucks on water, I recommend Topo Chico. <laughs> Whoa, it... is Thomas like freeballing out of a bottle? Oh, it appears so. <laughs> For the second time, Thomas yeah. is... <laughs> yeah. The yeah. goose is loose. I did my shop even though it's before this. Yeah. But same. The goose is loose. I did my shot in the form of a double <laughs> drinking a double your drink. Negroni. They're just so Can good. I... Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Love them. Ben, did we hear what you were drinking? No, not yet. Since I'm or I mean since Aaron was doubling up, I also doubled up. I had a quirk already. It's a mango punch. A seltzer. It was really good. It's a hard seltzer. And then I I left some bullet bourbon over here. So I thought, <clears throat> why not just pour a glass of that? So Might as well. I also nice. have that. Very nice. With ice. Hell yeah. On the rocks. Love that. What about you, Mr. Boom, Mr. Thomas? Drinking some arguably too much probably at this point. Rye whiskey. That's all you'll get out of me. They haven't got the chat. Super hot. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's, it's, it's Monday, Monday and everyone's drinking. Since the last time we've been together, <laughs> there was a aborted coup in Russia led oh, by yeah. literally a right. fucking caterer. By Malovny. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Titanic, a submarine imploded. Imploded. Yep. Orcas are attacking Sorry, yachts. Please. Which, God bless those fucking dolphins. Dude, orchids are literally the assholes of the ocean. I love them orchids? very much. Orchids. Orcas. Orchids. Orchids. <laughs> orchids are the assholes flowers. <laughs> they bloom. And particular about the way that they're die. watered. I got a new job, so let's fucking drink, people. Woo, congrats, Thomas. Thank you. Working for the man. Yeah. I'll come back with something stronger bread. at the break. I am having a revolver brewing blood and honey Texas ale. It is. Better than it was the last time that I recorded here, PJ. I don't know if you remember, but the last time I was here, I had one of those, and I said it, it was vile. It is aged. I was going to say, is it from the same batch? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's literally, it was next to the ones, yeah, it's That's the same like six-pack, but it's sat another year. All parents, <laughs> good. Got better. My, my parents have yeah. truly from, like, when it first came out. Wow. Like, they're like, on wow, we bought you truly, and then it's just been in their, like, third fridge in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I had this special. Truly God. is one of the. I think we were right? in the middle of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably just like a brand new form of liquor now. I know. Right. Oh, wow. we were doing Mistborn last year and Era Two when I had it, and I was like, "Oh my God, vile! Would never drink. Do not recommend." And now I'm like, "Okay, buy it, let it sit for a year, and then <laughs> maybe your standards it's not, have lowered." It's not bad. It could be it. It could be it. It's been a long week. (laughs) All right. With that, I would love to hear about what you guys thought about this week's reading. You know, I was a little annoyed with Andon. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure if it was this kind of this change in writing style a little bit. 
Were you annoyed with the ending? But yeah, this first section, I was having a tough time with it for sure. It was a lot of Andin too. It was a lot of Andin this week. I don't know. I had trouble even from the beginning caring as much about the medical stuff compared to the like gang stuff. Fighting gang stuff. It's <laughs> fair. So I it, you know, it was like interesting, but I I wouldn't say I was like super invested, like whether or not the Aspidians you know right i would agree like got that channeling i was like i don't really care <laughs> yeah i would say i guess for me too i felt pretty similar and then i feel like the writing style changed a little bit just because of the time jump so it's like Dude, more there was, i think i realized it towards the end of this week they said something like it's it had been like six years or however long tar had been gone i was like what mm-hmm. six years you got are you not reading the top of the chapter when it says I'm not adding. Oh, yeah. You got to subtract. Rue's the only kid left in the house. <laughs> yeah, no. And then all of a sudden, Nico and Gaia. We're like 13 years down the road here. Gaia? Is that from Red Rising? Jaya. Jaya. Jaya? Gaia's um, the old lady in Red Rising. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> all of a sudden, they were both at the Institute. Oh, my God. The Academy thing. <laughs> That's why I can't God. read two <laughs> books at the same time. Um... But no, yeah, they were there, and I was like, "Wait, what?" So every time jump in this book has surprised me because I'm very linear. So like, I've been having trouble until they until she explicitly like tells me. Are you? Yeah, maybe you're not catching at the first part of the chapter on the audiobook or something. No, it'll say first month, whatever, whatever. I don't know. It says thirteenth year. But I'm, I'm like not like remembering movie. what the last one was. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Got you. Anyway, I felt like some of the like exposition on the ketchup to me, I don't know. Some of the stuff just sounded like it seemed to, like she's a very elegant writer and it got a little clunky for me at points. When she like re-explains things? That and just like some of, and especially in its first chapter, I just, I was like, what happened to all of our, I don't know. It felt like a lot of telling instead of showing with some of it as far mm-hmm. as the writing goes so yeah I guess that I, was i've kind noticed of that my too clue that week. yeah i wasn't sure if that was just like andon's grown and right. with that we've lost some of his personality or if it was yeah. just kind of an odd off chapter in the in the descriptions of things like to speed it up that's what i thought i thought some of the speed of like moving through time and kind of the years and just like that changed kind of the writing style, like what's required of the writing a little bit. And so to me, it just felt like the style changed up a little bit, which kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. Similarly, with the the medical side of things, I get where you guys are coming from. I almost wish we got more of it because we didn't get any actual operations. We didn't get to see like inside of the operating room. We just got like, oh, yeah, I saw 200 patients. Yeah. And I'm exhausted. I would agree. Like, it felt kind of like we're moving past it quickly. And, like, there either wasn't enough there or, yeah, or it was just, like, we moved too fast. You know, it was one or the other. And I think we got, we moved too fast through it. And if we would maybe slowed down, like, maybe had, like, a personal story where he, like, meets someone and helps them channels yeah and that would have helped it hit home a little bit more i guess but yeah that first the first and in parts for me were like 
I also want to say that Anden, to me, I'm getting tired of him like being so thirsty all the time. <laughs> like I'm like, you know, he's like talking about, oh, he's so hot or he's so attractive, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, at some point, I don't know. Not every man in the world is attractive. I did enjoy. I know from personal experience. Right. I did enjoy <laughs> the, the Resville stuff though with him and that. That felt like it's okay. We're grab, like we're grabbing, back on yeah, yeah, back on track. Grabbing to me. a nut sack. <laughs> yes, you like that part? <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah. No, yeah, that that showed Andon like you know, and it just seemed like toughening up. We got back to kind of I don't gangster know gangster shit, the gangster stuff that we had been See, if we talking don't care about, about. Medical advancements. We care about gangster shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I want mob violence. <laughs> the Barrow stuff was kind of interesting, but also kind of like I don't. I didn't. We didn't well, get a ton like out a of it. Through, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a pass through. Did Just you want in. more like Grey's Anatomy vibes from the first in, in chapter this week? Yeah, like more he's in drama, scrubs. more personal relations. It just mm-hmm. seemed like it was moving through it too quickly, and it's just like it was trying to catch us up on six years of Andon. And then, like, all of a sudden, you know, Luke Jen's there, and then, like, I don't know. It was just, like I said, it's just a lot of, like, telling us what's going on in Andon's head and not really showing us through characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything like, felt like telling instead yeah. of showing yeah. this week. Maybe it, that's it, a... it very much felt like in a transition chapter, and that makes sense right. coming... A six-year time jump. It, it makes right. total sense. And as long as the book already is, like, yeah, was, you, you can't you can't say. dive in that hard. Right. It was like, it was kind of jarring, I would say, just, just because of what we're used to and, like, the way the story has been going. So, like, I'm interested to see, like, how much more time speeds up it's like when you're in the airport and you get on a moving sidewalk yes we started moving like very fast by stuff yeah i i feel like i should pay up have i not already on lotgen and andon's romantic relationship (laughs) i probably have something to pay up on that too just knowing (laughs) Uh, knowing myself did i already pay up on let's see here i think you did let me just mark yeah, the only one who hasn't is Ben. Okay. But PJ and Aaron, you've paid up. Excuse so me? Ben's bet with Lote <laughs> is he's sticking around for family but going to get killed tragically. Uh, so oh, we, should so wait. we should wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Need more time on that. Mm-hmm. What do you guys Perhaps think, more to come Thomas there. and Cross? Are you allowed to tell us? I think so. I agree that it felt pretty clunky to me this week. Especially, you know, mostly what you guys already touched on, but like for the Barrow thing, it's like you know, when we get to Barrow's chapter, it's like all this. I don't know. There's a couple times throughout the reading where it's just like this is oddly relevant to things we were dealing with six years right. ago, like <laughs> pretty specifically too about things like pretty minutely. Yeah, and almost with Barrow's chapter, weird. I almost forgot that there was even six years that had passed just yeah. because it seemed like it was like, I mean, we'll two months yeah. later. We'll dive into it. It just seems I, that I part was I should probably weird. reread it, like, knowing that there was a time jump. I think I was well, the very time. first chapter is a six-year time jump. Yeah, I think I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? How old are the kids? Since when? <laughs> I'm used to I, books moving much slower. 
Yeah. I mean, or just like, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird because it wasn't like six years passed and then dramatic things started happening. You know, it was just like six years passed and we're just like literally kind of like here we are stopping in and checking in on everybody and not a whole lot has changed. And then we're picking up the story. Except when is so it doing, seems like when's doing well. Yeah, when is doing better, but like literally, like not a lot had changed in that six year time period. Which is why we skipped it. Which is yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get into it. Doesn't fit, but Yeah. I'm I'm definitely excited to talk about it. Just to kind of put put the pin on my thoughts on it. I Aaron, I think I'm with you as you picked up the book, stared at it, and went, should this be longer than it is? And the answer is, I think that there's there's clearly some things that had to be excised for just the idea of making this one book and not probably two. No. <laughs> right. Like you can you can clearly see spaces in which could be easily expand. This expanded this chapter, though, I do think this first chapter that we'll talk about after we talk about the interlude does feel like it should be two chapters, though, just in the way not only that we go to Espenia, but even the first chunk where he could have been, you know, with Lot, right? Like that feels, there feels like there's a natural separation point there with that sort of familial tension. Mm-hmm. This book is longer than Dark Age. Yes. That's crazy. That is wild. Is it really? Dark Age? My Dark yep. Age is he- is bigger, but it's hardcover. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my hardcover is right? not as big as my hardcover of Jade's oh legacy. wow! It's a, literally a measuring contest on screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Whip it out, PJ. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. So we begin with the first interlude. That's right. Charles and I switched up the order for reasons that will <laughs> reveal themselves. The first interlude: the Lawn Judgment. We did a quick little download on the last chain of Teton, a man long blamed and reviled for the Shatarian invasion and occupation of the island nation. A weak and ineffective monarchy allowed foreign powers to establish footholds on Teton, splintering the Greenbone clans, and allowing the eventual Shatarian invasion. Rather than see his people throw their lives away resisting this, King Eon II capitulated to the Shatarians, drawing a reputation as a collaborator and traitor dying in peaceful obscurity. In the modern day, his legacy has is being reevaluated, and we learn that he funneled money to the Greenbone clans to resist the Shatarians. So usually we, you know, the, we, I feel like we kind of gloss over the interludes because they're cool little fables, not a lot going on necessarily at first glance. But this one was really interesting to me. I think previous interludes touch on actual history in this world, obviously. But this one was super close to the time period that the books take place within maybe the faintest living memory for some of the characters here. And as a historian, it really stuck out to me for a few reasons. But before I iso ball on this, did anything stick out to any of you? I thought it was a sad story, you know, that King Aeon did all this for his people and everyone blamed him. Mm -hmm. And no one knew. I really enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite interludes. I thought it was a cool story. I think this dude's a G and I love dudes that are like willing to do all the hard shit and take a bunch of shit for it and then mm-hmm. not Don't not want, want any credit for it or anything like that and just know in their hearts that they did the right thing. I think that's really cool. 
Yeah. I also appreciated that we moved from like folklore and myth mm -hmm. into actual like not that distant history. So yeah, book one folks focuses deeply on religion. Book two includes some religion, but seems to blend it into history. And now with book three, we're starting to get, you know, like modern-ish events almost as history. But we get straight up mentions of people that are alive and have been like mentioned in the in the book mm -hmm. so far that mm -hmm. the prince and I, I thought it was really cool that he decided to take the mantle of prince instead of yeah. king to distance himself that was a little odd but makes total sense and i remember thinking about like the figurehead is the prince not the king mm -hmm. that felt weird but makes sense and we were like it'll come <laughs> yeah i have that in my notes like that's just a super cool little world building tidbit nugget thrown to us appreciated but to me the reason this stuck out so much is because we see a lot of resistance to quote unquote like reevaluating history and rewriting history in the modern day and that's just not a realistic argument like history when it's first written often is so colored by the events happening that you can't look at it until you get down the road attitudes change people change there's less emotions involved we see this a lot now with like reevaluation of World War II history. Now that the greatest generation is mostly dying out, sadly, we can look at things more analytically and critically and, you know, be like, hey, maybe these mistakes were made. Maybe it's to the dawn differently. And that's not re like, I just like literally it's rewriting history, but it's not to the detriment of actual truth or actual history of what really happened. And so I just thought it was cool that that's basically happening. And, the fictional world we're studying as well. And it reminded me of a quote by, I think Martin Luther King Jr. originated it, but the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And that just kind of stuck out to me with how the King was like, you know, let the dodge evaluate me. It doesn't really matter what people think of me now. Right. Eon's a badass. I liked him. And I mean, it, it's crazy. He was... He's the one who basically saved the Kekanese and the Jade mm -hmm. warriors. <laughs> but yeah. now his legacy is like being just a figurehead that everyone ignores. Yeah, like he sold all of the family's wealth and possessions to fund the war. He, They say like, you know, his capitulation allowed them to regroup and mm -hmm. actually fight and not just hate and each other. Down and from the yeah, they would have been crushed yeah. otherwise, yeah. Yeah, and then there's also some other real-world parallels with the foreign entities getting their little toeholds on Taichan and reminding me of the spheres of influence in China. So yeah, just more brilliance from our gal, Fonda Lee. Yeah, Fonda. Yeah, this was probably my favorite interlude. Totally Although I like you. the one that made me think of Moana. That's also a good one. In the first book. All right. With that, we'll get into Chapter 15, Skeptics. The 13th year and 6th month, we move 5 years into the future, easily eclipsing the entire story so far in terms of total timeline. Andon is working long, arduous hours in the hospital when he receives a call from Markgen over in Expenia to provide an example in the hopes of helping legalize jade medicine in the country. He and a couple of other doctors fly over and spend weeks treating hundreds of patients using the jade disciplines to treat their ailments and ailments and whatever 
ails them. After, he's verbally assaulted in the assembly for being related to and historically working with the calls in an attempt to deny what was accomplished with his medicine. Ultimately, that fails and Jade is legalized in Espenia for physician and medical use. So a lot happens, you know, even in my summary here. You know, as mentioned, it's five years to start with. We do hit six years a little bit later, but it's like five years and some odd months that we've hopped forward. And kind of crazy that we've covered this much time as a as a skip. I know we've kind of focused and talked a little bit about that time skip, but what other feelings did you guys have about the movement, the passage of time? If well, any, I don't do you, think do I like knew that up? it had happened at this point. <laughs> we've established that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited for this. I, I had been waiting for it. I knew it was coming, or I figured it'd be coming soon. Time or, skip or the medical stuff? A big time skip. And I think this is another, like, I got burned by the dramatis personae. <laughs> and I got spoiled by it. Yeah, I read, like... Have you learned nothing? <laughs> well, I had been, every single book, I had avoided it. And Cross is like, you can read it now. You're not going to get burned by it anymore. It was just, what, Golden Sun or whatever. Or Iron Gold. Or whichever one had the error in it. Dark Age. Was it Dark Age? I don't know. So I avoided it up until now. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll just read it. I'll just read everything. And yeah, we know that. Jaya has classmates at Call Do Academy, and I'm like, all right, well, she's a seven year old or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're good at time jump. So I'd been waiting. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you mess up as a co host. It makes you feel it's like the kids are going to become major players. So she's aging him so fast. Yeah. And just because of like, we met <clears throat> Juen's kids last week. And like, seems like that group is being primed for like set up to start getting to know them more over the next, you know, I'm assuming couple weeks of the podcast, and then that they're gonna be, or one of them's gonna die. That normally happens. Fighting this war with Hilo being like sixty by the end of this. Dang, Daddy Hilo. Are you excited? By that potential to see these kids grow into adults and power players and Hilo as an elder statesman. I can't say yet because okay. I don't know the kids very well. So like I don't think I like Nico. Yeah, like I was kind of like on my <laughs> Michael I don't think Jordan. They, they don't have like a great characterization. So I would say like I want the story to focus on the characters that we know. But that could change very easily. Like you give we me some good characterization him. of the kids over the next couple weeks or he's, whatever he's what 14 yep at least uh, at some right point now this he's week, still this acting like a reading. kid so maybe if we like get into his head a little more yeah my brother said something this weekend that i immediately thought of and we had a we we are the oldest cousins of the bunch and he said your your personality really doesn't count until you're 22 like i don't know yeah. who you are until you're 22 and i feel like that's not dissimilar from a lot of the characters from fonda's writing experience like Andin isn't really who he was until he was about 20, right? Like, and that's when we finally figured out who Andin was. We've kind of grown to understand and appreciate him. Aren't, Maybe the kids are the same way. Aren't men not fully mature until they're 25? Well, like 40. Well, no, doesn't your brain stop growing at 25? 27, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's why Andin is. Emotionally different. mature is like 40. 
For men? Yeah, it's bad. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clearly more emotionally <laughs> You want to do your Paul voice again? Tomatoes. Your Lennon voice? Yeah. Yoko. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you made me laugh again. Yeah, don't get I will say to my own point that it like going into this book, and I think like that just wasn't on my radar about the kids. I was just like, whatever happens with them, like who cares? I'm on my main people. I'm on my dogs. Yeah, I would agree. Like that's my feeling currently, but I'm you know I'm open. Yeah, once we like get more personality from the kids, I'll care more. But at this point, they're still like seen through the eyes of when or adults. Yeah, yeah, of the adults. Totally. I really love the conversation, of course, that happens with Lotjin. What did you guys think about the interaction that happens between the former First Fist or the current Fist? Rather, he's not a First Fist. Vibes. I th- this is where I was kind of rolling my eyes. I was like, get like move on, Andis. You didn't want your nuts. Oh, there seemed like there was some vibes but, there at first. Yeah, Aaron, I, 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 didn't, I, I, I felt like it, I felt like Lot was being polite, and then he was like, he, "No, thank you." Oh no, yeah, I thought, that's I thought exactly it was vibes, how I felt too. It was, oh no, I've got vibes. And then he's bad luck. Shut yeah. it no, off. I yeah. thought it was like you're my friend. I care about you, but but I'm not gay. That's a. That's exact. Or, or at the very least, I'm not interested. Yeah, mm-hmm. even yeah, <laughs> I'm not gay for you. Yeah. <laughs> See, PJ, I, I, we know. I'm There's the late. recoil. I got closeted bisexual. The, <laughs> oh, you did. Like, yeah, that's that was my pick. There's a controlled recoil that he does, and it, it's not like really. It's like, like I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, that's exactly. How I, I thought about it. Have you never been rejected, Ben? Me, no, never. <laughs> Have you seen this man? Come on, <laughs> the guns, <laughs> the video you editing see skills. His short, shorts that he's wearing. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> if he stands up, the I'm going to need like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. This episode is out of control. Keep him coming, guys. Keep him coming. <laughs> I need to turn my air um, down from 69. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. It really is on 69. That's the best temperature. Nice. Honestly. The best pit, that is the best temperature. I'm sorry. I, I do also love this little line that Andon has inside of his head where he says, fate, fate makes assignments in the clan as much as Merit does, perhaps more. And that's just such an interesting note of like this idea that you could die, you could do whatever, and like the places in which they landed made as much sense. And if Andon had gone with the clan, what, what's the chance that he would have died actually from the itches or from you know the streets at this point? And I think the answer is not. Uh, there's a reasonable chance he very know? nearly died from the streets, not as a green bone. Yeah, yeah. I feel like also that's low acknowledging. What was what was her name? The first fist who got oh, her yeah. head uh, almost cut off. Yeah. I think that was that too. Acknowledging like I would own, I wouldn't be where I am if fate didn't kill everyone else. <laughs> I don't know. Can we talk about Hilo's eye for talent though? Fucking pro scout on this guy. <laughs> he says, I, I, I like something way back in the day. 
He said, <laughs> I like something about this Lope kid. He's got he's got a got a little gleam in his eye, something I like. Now we are what, thirteen years later? First fist. First fist. I'm really curious if there's something aura related. Like if there's something in the aura that he can recognize as potential. You mean Ben's vibes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Hilo's just reading vibes. Like imperceptibly, yeah. Hilo can read it as like a sixth sense. Sixth sense. I see. I can't P- say sixth. Potentially, sixth. or <laughs> that, or that even... was one of the revelations last episode. Cross, you missed that. <laughs> he couldn't it, say sixth. I can't. It's not. I couldn't. I cannot. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Derail us. We all have the words that we can't say. Like, I can't say brewery. Brewery? That's <laughs> unfortunate for you. Brewery. I know. I agree. Brewery. <laughs> brewery. Nope. But it, nope. it might be passive. It might be, like, unrecognized. It might be active. And he, like, knows what he's looking for within Jade Auras that, like, say this person has more potential in this, like, in this space. Or, I don't know. It hasn't been mentioned, but... I could see that being a way to scout talent like that to me. Like it, it speaks more to like Hilo's people skills and just like how good he is with his men and just like recognizing what they need from him. And I think like with Lot, like he just recognized what he needed in that moment. And he's like, Oh, this is how I can get him on my side forever. And just said the right thing at the right time. And that's who Hilo is. And that's who he is. Yeah, he's just really good at that. If he took the strengths assessment, his number one would be Woo, winning others over. I would agree. He's really good at that. That's also mine. Wow. You and Hilo. No, Woo. It was Woo, not Wow. <laughs> Come on. It was Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, I I do I do agree with you, and I think that it's so cool to see the the come up with with Lot here. So we we fast forward a little bit to the sort of political action here and the decision to go over to Espenia, sort of the and take care of the the pending political action regarding the legal use of jade medicine and channeling over there. When we get into the actual political arena, Gilspar's harassment of Andin is just so racist. Not yes, definitely very racist, but like nationalistic rhetoric and like just ugh. even calls him like to his face a keck, which is just like, whoa, dude. Like, I don't know. Do we want these untruthful and dangerous criminals getting involved in the perfectly legitimate medical industry here in Spenia? Wow, Thomas, are you on Gelspar's side? No, I was I was. Making a, a judgment about the medical Maybe. industrial complex. Aaron, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but I thought it showed. <laughs> I thought it showed good restraint and maturity from Andon that he just kind of let the definitely learned. Yeah, system like do what it had to do. I was proud of him in that moment when he, he got didn't, like yeah get up and defend himself. You know, I thought he did a good job. Straight face the whole thing. And then Gelsbar got shut down. You know, like, that, whoa, guys. Everyone's like, let's cut, cut, cut. Shut <laughs> it down. Cut, cut. Yeah, even they were like, hey. Cut, cut, cut. Relax with that. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, it's just, so obviously I get why the Espenian 
doctors are like, no, this is bad because money. This is verifiable magic (laughs) healing going on. (laughs) I just feel like this would be a bigger deal than it is. Like, dude went to get, had like a years long sports injury and got it healed. They can cure cancer like instantly just by being like, that's a fucking tumor. No more blood. Cut off blood. Like, this is insane. The level of stuff they can do. I would go. I'd just go for it. This is definitely something like our medical lobbying would lobby against in America for sure. Magic? Oh my God. They'd be like. I mean, the, would be the answer to that, dead. <laughs> the answer to that is having the pharmaceutical inju- uh, industry own the jade and rent it to the operating rooms. <laughs> there you go. Well, oh, I was going to say. No, stop it. TJ. Like, look at how we treat anything holistic. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, like, well, that shit's fake. <laughs> well, we've got to drain the money out of everything that's currently being used. And then yeah. when there's a new money-making idea, that's when you can use Hey, I Psilocybin can treat depression <laughs> and all kinds of things. Yeah. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. No. The drugs that are SSRIs we've got those already. too much money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just take cocaine for your toothaches, chid. kids. <laughs> Can go wrong. You have a toothache from grinding your teeth from being on cocaine. <laughs> Never you can't cycle. have a toothache if you don't have any more teeth. <laughs> That's meth. Now we got the dentist involved. Now we're cooking up that some money. Greg, Greg under the bridge. Old Greg? Yep. Old Greg under the bridge. Yep. Taught we, me that. We we really took a left turn there. Oh, I just I had to, I had to get into it. So I, I think that in, in general, we all, we all agreed we can come to kind of summarize this bit as sort of expected. There are moments, of course, in which we have the phone call that Hilo calls and is like, we could take him out. <laughs> like, we could, yeah. we could, we got a lot of dirt on him. Like, we could take care of him. <laughs> and it's like, probably not. Like, that's probably not a good idea, dude. <laughs> which again, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, in the long run, you want him taken out of the political system. But crazy to see how far that spy network has really reached in that way. Knowing that the Call family has all this information on the guy, having a couple of mistresses and, you know, all of the rest of that as well. Yes. I love the idea of an organized crime, like, group talking to a technically unaffiliated member or party just saying like well should we kill him (laughs) (laughs) you're having a problem you want you want us to kill him see that's that's what i that's what i need i need that gangster shit yeah take that dude out i think the the right answer would have been for andon to get close and diagnose something of the guy oh that would have been sick what does that oh, happen? Yeah, like, hey, you got a oh. little pull, pull heart, a now Sue. Yeah, that also, yeah, yeah. With the end of Limitless. Hey, that mm-hmm. that left knee is really bothering you lately, isn't it? Kachunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be bad. I am become uh-huh. healed. Like I, I feel like that would have been a way for it to get more showing instead of telling. To like and and also bringing that person into the fold a little bit but i i think there needs to be adversity and this is going to drive some potentially some revenge plot from this senator or whatever mm-hmm. what what's the what's the title of this person 
Is it a senator? Ambas- no, ambassador? it's not ambassador. It's politician, mm-hmm. lobbyist, some sort of representative. Piece of shit. Yeah, member of the chair, chair member, assemblyman. Assemblyman. It's an assemblyman. Okay, but yes, yeah. I so I did want to push. I know that you guys were talking about this a little bit earlier. I did want to push back a little bit on the specifically about the medical stuff. And I think that this is just one one example of the the format of the show breaking down just a smidge in the way that this book is constructed, because we do right away off the bat get a scene with Andon where he's channeling medically and we see those things. And so, like, it, would this be too soon to be rehashing it, reapproaching it? Well, you know, but we see it at, with him as a student and it's astonishing. And him six years after graduation could have been so much cooler sure potentially yeah but yeah. maybe but maybe you're right maybe like the actual degree of difficulty isn't that much higher and it would have just been rehashing everything so i that's agree a, yeah. that's a good point i, I could see your point there or for I, I th- yeah it breaks in a little bit in this one but the the only other thing that i want to tag in there is that like we do get a little bit of other explanation too where it's like yeah, they point out these things, but then they go to like an MRI or a CT scan to like really get the refined view, which is the other side of like, this isn't a catch all. So maybe it isn't as fantastic as we thought it was or as it was displayed. It's really great at some things, not perfect at everything. So it's almost like, yeah, we can like pre diagnose and then we go to the mundane solutions to like really figure it out. I thought the MRI there's an interesting was balancing act to like confirm that they weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, but MRIs yeah. are expensive. So it's like, a Very quick, true. A quick way before you have to hop in there. Mm-hmm. Assuming healthcare Thomas, is did you have the same in this universe. Right. Yeah. One assumes Espania would charge similarly. Yeah. We're not in Canada here. <laughs> the final thing in this chapter is the legalized, right? So the fact that this does end up getting passed. Did you guys have any thoughts on what impact this might have on Espenia, on KCON, on the whole of the relations of the people and everything else? What are your thoughts? I'm hoping it makes this like the one thing where Jade isn't a murder weapon. Like It's not a gun, it's a scalpel. So maybe the mindset will change of it being illegal to have Jade at all. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a step for progress in the world at large for Jade and just like like we had kind of talked about at the beginning of this book and or well at the end of Jade War and Jade Legacy and then the start of Jade Legacy is like we kind of thought that these books would be kind of like or this final book would be more about the way that Green Bones and Jade is gonna be positioned in the world at large and the rest of the way and like what that's going to look like in the future and more modernized. So I think that's, this is the way, yeah, this is the step. One of the steps. Cool. Yeah. I am curious if this step of legalization will also bring down more regulations and more scrutiny on the illegal Jade trade. I don't know if that'll happen. Maybe it'll make it easier and using the the legal medical inroads as means of funneling more jade into the black markets. I could see it going either way, but I think this will, at the very least, change the way that the black markets operate. Do you think it should have a blowback on some of the Cantonese traditional healers like Dao Sana? Yeah, 
I think so. I think there are going to be regulations that dictate who can and cannot use Jade and outline pun- punishments for for people who break those rules. But maybe it could legitimize her. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I hope so. Hopefully that could happen. I'm with you. Which brings us to chapter 16, All Business. And hey, it's me. Just kidding. All business. Oh Get Jesus. it? It was the joke earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we like that. Andon goes to Restville, a small seedy port city on the southern coast of Espinia, to bring the local green boons led by John Remy, particularly unsavory character. I've read that with a weird inflection, but I'm not going to redo it. The mountain is making moves to use the city as a foothold into Espinia, and Hilo orders Andon to bring Remy and his people over to No Peak by any means necessary. Andy learns that the mountain has already approached Remy with an offer and is invited by the man to discuss terms at a local club. After negotiating, Remy pulls his dick out and tells Andy he'll side with No Peach if he sucks him off, and Andy deftly reads the man getting his alliance without giving in to his demands and advances. Sorry, I laughed. You were supposed to laugh. <laughs> After negotiating, Remy pulls his dick out and tells Andy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> The context didn't change around it, so it it just feels... (laughs) Yeah. Totally get it. (laughs) Damn, Remy, you got denied. Denied. We're in a new part of Espenia, meeting new types of green bones. And, you know, all the Chespenians, a little softer than our friends over in Taekon, except, of course, Roan, Toru, RIP to the goat. But Retsville, Retsville, Restville seemed reminiscent of me of like you know the capital in the hunter games like maybe not like the wealth but like the obscene the obscenity of it and the sex craziness of it all at least what or we at see least that club. Oh, i was getting bangkok yeah. vibes yeah mm, that's a, probably a better call mm-hmm. vegas yeah that type of energy yeah like a sex club. Rat Pack yeah. Vegas, kind of. But then also it's on the water, which is like a whole nother like thing. Yeah, like early 2000s Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Like pre-TSA Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Like specifically Flight 141 on American <laughs> Airlines, 2002 Vegas. What were you doing, Cross? Right. Yeah. I mean. I was a solid eight years old, okay. nine years old. My parents were getting divorced. What would you like to hear? The <laughs> I would like to hear more about that. Oh, sure. But yeah, like CD and Andon seemed a little un unmoored. Like, mm. you know, it yeah. was a little trashy for Andon yeah. for his upbringing. He grew up very like rich and, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't the the horses yeah. that the calls visit are much nicer than yeah, in this club, but at the same time, like it, it did, it does phase him a little bit when he gets there, but way less than it would have in yeah. Jade War or and our Jade boy City. Has not gotten his rocks off in a very long time nope. since our boy Corey, as far as we know. So it would be tough 
and I thought he did a really good job of all this ass grabbing going by and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm on business. That was nice. Yeah. I'm not on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be tough if you were, you know, feeling it. Mm-hmm. I touched on Roan a little bit earlier. One thing I want to touch on is that in Espenia, amongst the green bones and the crews, at least, he's a legend in the literal sense as well as, you know, a legend. And it seems almost like how the Tetanese refer to the torch of Katon or the spear of Katon. And it's like these figures from a bygone era. Yeah. He's Chuck Norris, baby. Definitely. Hey, do we have any Chuck Norris Roan quotes? It was kind of like that. Pouring out for Roan. Roan. For real, though. Roan so strong. He uses driving gloves to kick your ass. I heard <laughs> that. Jack Norris. You nailed that. I heard that Kacon <laughs> and Espenio were next to each other until Roan tripped. Wait, say that again? I don't know. <laughs> we're very bad at these. I, I, didn't, I was trying Chuck to Norris invent Chuck. one without just I like ripping don't. off an old Chuck Norris joke and being like, the Grim Reaper fears Roan type of shit, you know? So we're not in fifth grade. What's the name of the Espenian god? The seer. The seer. The seer fears Roan Toro. Yeah, the seer had to take... There has to be a setup to uh, that, though. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) We'll think of some. We'll get back to you. The torch and the spear of Kekon were friends until Ron Toro got in the middle. Until Ron Toro broke up the One Mountain Society. How about how about whoever's listening to this comes up? Ron Toro has two mountain societies. (laughs) Nice. That was good. We landed the plane, team. Let's fucking go. (laughs) It only took seven. If you if you're listening to this and you have a better Ron Toro joke, please send them in. We are hurting for good ones, and we will feel bad about ourselves. Yes. Anyway, we meet an interesting character here. John Remy, who is, that is the Espenianized version of his name. And much like the other young Espenians we've met, that's how he refers to himself. He speaks in Espenian when he's talking to Andon. And I was curious what we all thought about him. It was a bitch. Trash. (laughs) (laughs) Trash, Garbage. trash. I Not for he, you. I think he is how Andon sees him and how Andon tells him to his face that he is. Mm-hmm. He's he just, all, he, all he cares about is power. And if any of the clans come in, he'll lose that power. So, you know, I think Andon reads him exactly. He's He's just a bottom feeder who's in charge until someone bigger comes in. I'd agree. Annan's Reed is perfect. He's just a skeezy motherfucker. I mean, He's like skinny Reeves. But yeah. just... He felt skinny. like a less legitimate Johnny Cage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mortal Kombat. It's from Mortal Kombat. Finisher. Yeah, that's the one. What did you think about the fighting ring, the idea of green UFC type fights going down? Right. Yeah, it seemed like this was like a border town kind of, and then there was fights going on on the other side of the border. You like watching fights? I mean, they're okay. 
it was interesting that they would do green bone fights. So I was, I had had that thought at some point while we were reading these books, whether that other happened ever happened, whether there was like sporting for it. Obviously, KCON's got too much honor honor for that, but it's interesting to see that it's going on in other places. Yeah, it, and it, it made sense that it would less, yeah, like UFC and like legitimate like fighting like competitions, and more like training to be the next Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan, and just like like movies, martial arts in the way of getting into Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There is that or, element as yeah. well, for sure. Yeah, with what's his name. Oh God, Danny Rojas. Just kidding. (laughs) Like Devito. Danny Trejo. (laughs) Danny Sinjo. That's his name. Danny Danny Sinjo. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see him in Talon Knife. Talon Talon Knife. Red Talon Knife. Two. That's good. I almost believe the Taloning. The Taloning. The Talonist. (laughs) See, we're getting better. We just need practice. We're on it. We're on fire. Something's burning. I don't know. <laughs> Is there any minuscule part of any of you surprised that this seedy, weird town is where the mountain is attempting to make their inroads into Espenia? Absolutely not. It makes I'm sure, sense. I'm sure even it's not the only place. I feel like Aitmada's like got her fingies and all the jello. She does have her fingies all over the jello, oh, but I have a new metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> she really I think likes weirdly the jello with too. her fingers. I was like, Ben just legitimized that. So yeah. that good I, we're gonna start using that fingies in the jello. I, I think it makes everything. perfect sense. They're they love this seedy shit. They're not afraid of doing weird illegal stuff, and they're like always hanging out with shady characters. They're got these Barukon running all over KCon at this point, causing and mischief. Causing all kinds of mischief. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised one bit by Aitmata here. This is, seems like classic Aitmata to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, masters of the underworld. They just like to manipulate, they like are really good at manipulating these low life people into doing mm-hmm. things that they want. They find like a great angle and then they're just like, exploit these low life people into doing stuff that they don't want to do and it's like and, outsourcing and it, they find ways work. to undercut no peak yeah by coming in to espenio where no peak has the upper hand they're like well then we'll right. we'll crawl up from the bottom yeah exactly they're not just not afraid of like they don't care about taking the high road yeah and it's like, this city is already experiencing a, a lot of <laughs> tumultuous activity through the six different clans that are trying to claim this city that's a third the size of Adamon Capita or of Port Massey. So like capitalizing on that uncertainty seems exactly like what they would do. So that brings us to the club. And Andin told by Elo basically, hey man, we're not there. You got to figure this shit out. Whatever he needs to get this deal done, do it. And Remy pulls out his, as Fonda is so fond of saying, cock, pulls it out. <laughs> He's like, hey, yo, suck me off. Get on your knees for your clan, brother. Ewe wouldn't do that because he's gross. He's old and weird. He's like, I didn't even yeah, want, I don't want it that. from that guy. He, yeah. He's old. Yuck. 
Uh, we know Andin's hot. Off, like a a queer. He must. Aura. I was grabbing his ass. How did he know? Corey knew. How will they know? Everybody's got really good data. I also want to say this whole chapter, I was like, I want to make love in this club. <laughs> Usher? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I know. What a throw. You know Usher. <laughs> I, had, I had 50 cent into club in my head the whole oh, time, which is very different. Yeah. No, you got you to make love in this club, Cross. I had some T-Pain going on. My, what I was picturing they were listening to. Which I don't think I had music. I don't think I had music in my head. I'm going to buy you a drink. I'm going to buy you a drink. I'm going to buy you a drink. Yeah, that's why well, all the small things came on. So are... Andy was like, "Get that cock back in your pants!" Oh, Thomas <laughs> 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 with the burn. Come on, Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, so I would say Andin handles the situation deftly. <laughs> I thought he handled great. it great. Oh yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. I was really proud. He knows of him. how to handle. I was surprised at how well he did. I was pretty worried about it for a second. I was like, "Oh boy!" I was like, "Oh, is he gonna suck his dick? That's gonna be pretty." I was dark. like, "And and please don't do that." Yeah. Can make me feel pretty. <laughs> I thought it'd be pretty rapey. I was like, yeah. that would not feel good. I was trying to like battle with that. I was like wrestling with that idea in my mind as I was reading on, you know. And I was just like, I don't want to read ben, that. Would you I hope suck that a dick for your clan. Absolutely not. Our clan it's would also, be in trouble like, at that point. <laughs> you could see, not unless like I it, wanted it to, causing I mean, friction know, between yeah. Hilo if that happened. You know, like and in thinking Hilo wanted him to do that, feeling used like he did his whole life, and then Hilo being like, ah, "Why would you think so little of me?" Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But he found a way to not just be like, "No, fuck you." He That's like, what I was like. He like got real. He found manip- like a side door. He got real manipulative. Yeah, and was like, "Actually, I'm gonna." <laughs> you know threaten you by holding on to your right that's what i loved about is it it felt like there was two doors where it was like suck the dick or don't suck the dick and he's gonna get really pissed or yeah you're like or maybe even be in danger if he just walked Mm -hmm. out getting kind of raped or whatever you know yeah and then but he found like a third door that he made on his own which i loved and that was a great way to handle it that was a good it was like a toughening up yeah yeah, I, I totally agree. I love this scene for so many reasons. One one thing that I think is, this is more of like a meta commentary, is that it could be really easy to also slip into sort of the trope and make this kind of the the rapey gay dude, if that makes sense, or bisexual right. dude. And instead, like, while yes, it's it's great to see like a gay character then confront that and be like, no, dude, not yeah. everyone's like that. And it's it's kind of an interesting way to invert like a common trope of the 80s in, in its own right, too, which is kind of the time frame that we're in in, yeah. the, book in the moment. So I, I think that that's also pretty great. That's a great point. Proud of Andy. I am, too. I was really proud. I'm of very him. proud of Andy. Good job, bud. And he he got a little scary. He got a little like now swing on. He's him. got a freaking. He was like he's got that side. He has to a him. badass in him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got the like I could be crazy. <laughs> yeah, you want to go? Nuts? I go? I will go. <laughs> you get, get it? You want to go nuts? Oh, oh wow! <laughs> wow! It's a Batman and a balls joke. Get it, kids? <laughs> Did you guys get that one? It was I'm in sure. the Flash. If you didn't get it, I'm sure Ben got it. That's what I was. You want to get nuts? That's from Batman the movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah I totally knew that. I totally. Knew that. <laughs> How do we think this alliance 
this agreement, this arrangement between John Remy and his Chispenian Green Bones and the No Peep plan? Where do we think that goes? How do we think it progresses? There's no way this guy can be held to his word in any way. I do think, though, that Andon made a, the only offer that he would have taken from No Peep, which was, we'll stay out of your hair as long as you don't work with the mountain. I agree. I think it seemed like a pretty good solution. I think that it actually will end up being something that John Remy is like okay with just because it allows him his aut- autonomy for longer. But and maybe Andon grabbing his balls and being mean to him. Maybe he liked that. Because mm. no one ever stands up to him. The mountain will probably just like kill him in two chapters or yeah, something. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. This was the move that that could work. This is the only the only offer that No Peak could have extended that would be accepted in any sort of way. But I I still don't trust this guy as far as we can throw him. He's not upstanding. No. He's not John bad, Lennon. Bad man. <laughs> well, John Lennon was John Luke Picard. Far from John Lennon's kind of a piece of shit too. But he wanted to love all the people. He also beat his wife a lot. Yoko? Yeah. What? Yeah. They didn't put oh, that no. in our day's night. <laughs> it did not. So sorry. What do you call that haircut? <laughs> As I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of his music, but oh. yeah, not a great Why dude. Not? Chapter 17, Enemies. We add a new point of view to the pile here this week. Jwen's the Horn of No Peak. We meet in the Twice Lucky, and Hilo brings up the development of new technology developed by an Espanian company to harvest jade from the depths of the sea floor. Working with the mountain's new horn, Aben Sorugan, the two teams manage to board the boat and sabotage the ship. We get a little, we get a couple of other little updates on sort of the goings on and some of the changes that have happened under the horn. But I'm really curious what we think about Jwen as a perspective. Did we technically get him last week? Am I losing it? I don't think I so. I think this was the first no. one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I forgot. It was surprising, but I, I felt like it slipped in really easily and well. It made sense. He's very analytical, which was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's different. He's like very, like I said, he's just like very analytical and focused on the job, just like the tasks taskmaster and he's like clearly has opinions but he's like those opinions don't really matter so <laughs> i'm just gonna can focus on this task that i've been given and complete mm-hmm. that <laughs> yeah I, an, I think being in joen's head is just really grounding in yeah. general yeah definitely yeah it's also an interesting it, counterpoint because like obviously you know reading it is different than how we discussed it. we break it up into weeks so this isn't perfect way to think about this but last week i remember i brought up like there's all these kids running around it's an extended family unit between the calls and the juans and all that but clearly here he's going out of his way to separate himself from the family in a lot of ways yeah i did think that was interesting yeah he's he's really trying to make it clear that he's not really a member of the family you know and of the call business in a way but obviously he's a critical component of the clan 
and he tries to stay out, which I think is really unique, especially considering everyone else that we've seen and the way that they've all been harmed as such at the side of Hilo and Shay. I did think he's going to be an immediate Connor as soon as he was like, I want to retire <laughs> and see my children <laughs> grow up. <laughs> immediate death. I was like, sorry, dude, you were going to die in like within the next 10 chapters. You're not allowed to talk about retirement <laughs> yeah. at all. Hey, now Swen oh talks God. about it, and he he retired. He made it. Yeah, but he's like he's a bad guy, a though. superhero. Yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah, he can read minds, even though he can't. I'm just saying, you're allowed to retire legally. You can retire, if not you if you're to. part of the team that we care about. Can we? Let me say this for Juen: a little bit of prejudice going on for our guy. Don't like mm-hmm. that. On the other side, and you know. I'll let the listeners decide if this outweighs the prejudice. I would say no. However, we do stand a work-life work career. What work-life balance? Work-life balance. Yeah, change. work-life balance. I fucking love mm-hmm. that for him. He has balance. Yeah, I didn't like all the talk about all the uh, stacking all the unlucky people at the top. No, that was a that was an eye roll for me. Probably an outward. I think it's interesting. Because it feels both like it is a declaration that he believes in it or to some degree like has that superstitious element to him. And at the same time, he's like willing to like roll it off and like doesn't really care about it. It's it's really interesting to see like this is almost like the generation where that breaks, right? Where like his kids probably won't because he's not going to reinforce those stereotypes. But he's still questioning it because his parents said it. Like right. that's the vibe that I get. But he still brought it up, which means it does He did. Him. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's just interesting. I think the thing, one of the things that I pay attention to with this book in general is that legacy and sort of the the long gaze of a lot of these different trends and in, in the society that we're we're looking at. So there's a lot going on here, though. The Horn has split up his duties of his first fist and has begun to modernize in ways that neither Hilo nor Ken had done previously, showing the depth that the role of the clans has needed to encompass beyond just the street level of violence, right? So we've got three different fists, first fists effectively that are in charge of a lot of different things. One for KCON on the whole, one for John Loon, and then one for everything, or one for the White Rats, the spy network. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it seemed like they hadn't leaned into the White Rats in general. When Wen had pitched herself to Shay, and now they've got mm-hmm. an entire network of them. And maybe they had before and we just weren't exposed to them. But it was cool to see that that arm of the clan become a little bit more extended and legitimized. What mm-hmm. What were the ra- white rats doing? That's what They're Wen was. Yeah. For Shay. No, but like in this with 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 Juen. She just was just mentioning like, that they're them there back were... into the horns kind of. Oh, instead of being a separate. Yeah. Oh, okay. And same with the nails right from right. from Tar. So those were pulled into his repertoire as well. Kind of they had started blending the lines between the two sides of the clan and now it's kind of more back on Everything's under the military side. That's military. Okay. Adapting and changing because they've now got a little bit of separation. And you could say, too, that Ken was just kind of following tradition and never got to the point in which he was able to kind of make and establish these things. It seemed like he was headed in a direction for adaptation, but, you know, just never got to make it there. So 
what do we think of our new mountain horn, Aben Sorogan? He kind of reminds me of like a young Hilo. He's like friendly, everyone likes him, but then he's like, you can get down to business. Yeah. He's young. I honestly didn't have like too much of an impression of him, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good read. I thought it was really nice that we worked together. <laughs> it was. I get Marky Mark vibes. I thought <laughs> I immediately went Wahlberg <laughs> in my head for some stupid reason. But yeah. He's got a great name, David Sorgan. The word guns in it. Yeah, I mean, that's good, good stuff. Being a street thug. I like that they worked together and they blew up the ship, got away without car bombing each other. I hate a dredger, I'll tell you that much. Fucking up natural habitats. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's a passion of mine. Yeah. Where's the sustainability in Espenia? Annoying. They're not there yet. In their art. It's the eighties. No. <laughs> <laughs> we they don't, we care don't recycle. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why we are where we're at. <laughs> why where we are now yeah why everything totally. <laughs> so obviously i love that the plane goes off without a hitch it's awesome that like the horns duty has become i we fuck with boats for the record <laughs> like <laughs> every time that we're in the horns perspective it's like okay to dig out a new fucking place. boat also can we talk about like the super speed divers that's right. cool mm-hmm. You never think about jade abilities underwater. Yeah, like how fast they were moving and stuff. That was good. Cool. I also liked about. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's just a joke about like, I don't know if you were taught about underwater sea approaches at Wyland or called do, but we (laughs) weren't. It was so good. Like, oh, we need to talk to Grandmaster about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also like how they just blew up the ship just enough. That they have to like spend a whole bunch of money to repair it, and then they'll just like they'll we'll just, just blow this motherfucker up again. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was pretty we'll great. Just keep fucking with them until they stop. Calculated. I thought, that, I thought that was a really good plan. Yeah, I was like, that's a really good way to go about it. Just make it very inconvenient to run this fucking ship. To that point, do you think that they'll continue to learn the lesson and quit, or do you think that they'll? like improve things like join absolutely things. not yeah the espanians are are not right. going to learn a damn thing but i thought it was smart that they didn't kill anyone because then there wasn't a cause for like right. a retaliation no, out, no yeah outrage cool it's just business yeah it's just business kk one thing we have not touched on Juen is out on the twice lucky that overrated. Oh, yeah. Wow. He said, stand by on reputation. Balls. Hottest take of the week. He said, I ate you in. He said the squid balls were good, though, still. Yeah. He did he admit, those do yeah. a couple of exceptional <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. Which he always eats before these meetings. That could be, that very much could be the same reputation it had before. We only heard about the squid balls. Like the squid balls yeah. are keeping this fucking place afloat. Don like Ash was on them. Elo's on them. Isn't it also about eating with his family? Yeah, but I said work-life balance came. We stand that about him, but don't like the trashing of the twice lucky. Bear or no? Hey, they bad, harbored. Bad n- they harbored jade thieves. <laughs> so, you know, can we really trust that place? You know who else? You mean, on accident. You <laughs> so did the double double. <laughs> So did the double-double. 
Barrow and that other guy. Oh, oh, what was Sam Sampa? <laughs> yeah. Ding 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 ding. Uh, Sampa. Hold on. Have, have we heard anything from Sampa since he got his tires slashed on his bike? Do you think his face is we still assume he's really dead round? I think he's lying low. His face is still really round. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's just been eaten. Like Diane. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Speaking of Barrow, we catch up with him in Chapter 18, Catfish. Barrow, still operating as a spy for the Espenian military intelligence forces, reporting to his handlers on the planless future movement and particularly Malobni's actions. Six years later, Barrow has made seemingly little progress, though he has gleaned a few things. Um, he's risen to the rank of secretary of the organization and gone on a few dates, maybe friend dates with Emma, but he hasn't entered that circle of trust in the planless future movement. Though Barrow seems to be making genuine effort to get them information, his handlers are getting frustrated with his lack of results and seem to be nearing the point of cutting him loose. So with the time jump, I felt like, for me on this reread, this is where some of the clumpiness that we touched on jumped out. Yeah, this just does not feel like five years later at all. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. Like, he, yeah, he's still hitting on Emma. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, they're like, he's gone. He's gone on a couple of dates with her, like over six years. They've just kind of been like going, a long time, and they have been paying him a thousand dailyers a month for five yeah, years. For he nothing. gave, he got all that information that they gave him, which wasn't very much. And then now, just now, they're right. starting to get pissed. Like, <laughs> this is like, get, yeah. This is to the, me where know, it like didn't really fit in. The Espenians, even though they love money, kind of spend it willy nilly. Right. It still felt weird to me that it's like just now we're. There's no tangible guy. information. He's basically like giving them a list of who's going to the meetings. And, and that's it's the yeah. same people. And that's and it's <laughs> like maybe they see the genuine effort and because they had spied on him for like a year before, they're like, this is rare for him. You know, maybe yeah. let's see. That's the best bet we have. And it also doesn't feel like the clanless future movement has moved at all. Has done it's anything. Same, it's I'm the just same like, yeah, at the meeting. It's, it's been six years. We can't just kill Malobni. Right, and they and they're yeah. still just doing the same shit where they're just like spray painting walls and stuff, like and then like meeting in secret and meeting in secret. Yeah, like I don't know. They're just like that. That to me, this one suffered the most. I think from the time jump where it just like didn't like, quite fit. A lot more should have happened. Yeah, including Barrow can't stick around anywhere for six years. Right. Mm -hmm. how, how can we like? Yes, this character did this for five years. It's also, like, like it's not like him. It's yeah. It seems like you know he's been making bank for all these right. years, and he would have done something stupid. Tried to now. escape, yeah. Would have like fled the country and tried to set up a or casino of his own or something. Please don't. I, I think I definitely understand that take, but I think on the other side too, I can't help but be like Barrow genuinely, especially if we keep in mind the end of Jade War, genuinely wants the downfall of the clans as a system at this point. Like, and he'll take. This is further proof that, like, he wasn't really seeing it with Malovny. He didn't believe him, thought he was a schmoozer, and so went to the Espenians to take down that organization, you know, as a way of keeping himself up, but thinking that it's going to help take down the clan. Well, last week he said that he had basically only kept on those meetings so he could hit on Emma. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. But, but I think that he's still in, you know. happen, Barrow. Yeah. He's not really about this shit. They've gone anymore. on some dates, you know. 
I don't know if she would consider them dates. I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, but he thinks they're dates. They the Espanians were like, <laughs> have you dates. tried being her friend instead of just trying to fuck her all the time? Hilarious. He was like, he's like, what? It's unbelievable. You're telling me now for the She's first time. She's a human being? What? I do think, you know, maybe just a little long on the jump for this specific chapter, but like there was some cool stuff like the spy shit not being what Barrow thought. Obviously, Barrow's an idiot. So I mean, good for Barrow that he's just been exploiting this money fucking cash cow for five years. But but yeah, I feel like this is like savings look like. To me, this seems like a year later. You know, Mm -hmm. like the like. Not not six. not six, yeah. Five, six, five, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I said six because of the later it's like five years, ten months, now, or something. Now it's technically six. Okay. I believe that this okay. is where is it's closer it to six. Yeah, I might have skipped that accidentally. That's Do we okay. think Barrow has saved any money at all? No, sorry, it's it's the next one that it's six. It's like five and a half right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Do we think Barrow saved any money at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. He, he didn't talk he about didn't spending it. it on anything, so I guess he, and he hasn't must done be. In six years. I feel like, yeah, I I figured he would be buying like chains and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's not spending <laughs> frivolously based on like what we've seen so it far. But we have no idea where he's living or like just seems how like he's a chains eating guy. or yeah. anything like that. It is so. kind of amazing that we don't get like. Oh, you bought the equivalent of a Lamborghini, and <laughs> yeah, that's why he's found out something like that. So he has grown. Good for him. That could still happen. So I mean, it, it's been I don't six think years. I and... there was... <laughs> well, this it's hard to tell in this <laughs> Wait, one. What? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to tell in this one. Yeah. Sorry, PJ. I was. No, you're it was, good. It was part of my bit, which is based in reality. No, it, I, I realized there was a time jump, but even then when I read this chapter, it didn't feel like, it felt like. Yeah. Regress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was hoping we'd, we'd be able to get some, and like, this is the stupidest thing. And I know I'm like harping on it too often and it doesn't matter at all, but I was hoping we'd get some amount of frivolous spending to like try to make a connection of how much he's actually earning in like relative comparison to our dollars. Yeah, you don't have to let that go, big chat. I know. <laughs> Get over like it. Like a nice apartment, hookers, cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Fools Jade, what's it called? Fluffers Jade. Nephrite. Yeah. This guy's a fucking geologist now, too. <laughs> on a serious note PJ gave me a death look oh my god looks like Heisenberg <laughs> with more hair I'll and be I real I was looking at my own picture when I did that <laughs> he said what the fuck is this guy looking at Gadabi door on a serious note there are Thomas. there are hand drawn building blueprints Yes. what are they planning why would the planless future movement do Sounds that? Sounds like terrorism. What? What are they planning? That's yeah. I was I was I knew this was going to be a question this week, but I I really oh. don't have a great idea. Like, do you think it's it's probably not the double double? 
bet they're gonna like sabotage someplace. Are you telling all of us? I feel like if it was the double double, Barrow would have noticed that. Is it the vault where all the jade is? Maybe. Ooh, what a it could deep be. cut. Where's the vault? Heist, heist. Yeah, let's dun, get icy with dun, it. Dun, or, or the call estate. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think like the, call estate would be another one on my list for sure. Or even like the academy or something. I don't know. I'd mm. like to thank them. Like with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I can see any of those being an option, but but something very significant, and because this is a story revolving around no peak, dealing with no peak. Yeah. Um, it seems like I, destroying yeah. Jade would be something that they would want to do. Or stealing it. Or stealing it, yeah. So, freaking socialists. Yeah, because this isn't like a jadeless future movement. This is a clanless future movement. So, taking jade and distributing it outside of the clans yeah, seems like something. To do? Yeah, I'm not really sure what their end goal is. Because they're not, you're right, they're not against jade. They're just against clans controlling jade. I guess we'll wait and find out. Yeah, we'll have to read on. But this this scene makes it make more sense that they've become more selective in their group membership. And they've taken a long time to plan something. And they've seemingly made little progress. Like, it seems like they're planning something very, very intricate but large that they can't let leak. Fair. Can't let dumb fucks like Barrow know about it. Secretaries yeah. like Barrow. Especially when he's like, hey, I got caught trying to steal Jade once. Not a great sales pitch. <laughs> I've also been arrested for working for this organization. But, you know what would be smart? Let me in. Let me know mm -hmm. the secrets. Do we think with this new motivation of, you know, hey, we only protect those assets that are valuable to us, will Barrow be more fruitful like with the spy shit yeah with the spy shit i think he's gonna find out too late yeah i think he becomes a pawn i think emma mm. uses him as a pawn I in this part of the plan i like that and i think that's why emma hasn't entirely rejected him yet and just putting up with it to use him yep Wow, Emma. I can't believe you. Someone named Emma would totally do something like Though, that. Though, know? at the same time, I think... Those fucking Emmas. Everybody hey, my dog's is name was Emma growing up, and she some was... Some sort of pawn for Malovny. Saint. Like, I think Malovny's really pulling the strings here. Trosse Malovny. For sure. Malovny. Malovny. Not as good that time. Malovny. 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 There it is. Malovny. I can't do it. Wow, that is—it's kind of like Louisville. That's you what, gotta like roll your. That's what yeah. content is. Malovny. I agree, Malovny, PJ. See? I think that Malovny's pulling the strings. He's telling Emma to keep Barrow on a hook because they're gonna be like, "Hey, Barrow, meet me for a date tonight here," and then it's gonna be like he's part of the distraction or whatever. Totally. Wake up with a bomb strapped to his chest. No kidneys in a bathtub. <laughs> Oh shit! No kidneys, kidneys, just None. getting rid of both of them. He's in Candy Mountain now. I mean, Candy Mountain. <laughs> that was great. Oh, God. God. 
same same era, same yeah. era of the internet as I, the end of the world. All right. With that, chapter 19, Smiles and Words, Aww. 13th year, 11th month. We return to Wen and see her in the new role of Pillarman under Hilo before she gets under Hilo. She then heads off to speak at a Parks and Nature Foundation and meets both Yuro and Bet Coben, as well as Jirahuya, an Abuke filmmaker. Wen speaks passionately about the need to conserve nature, but is followed by a political speech delivered by Yuro, earning cheers from the crowd in the halls of the Wailan Temple Academy. This is a really interesting chapter for a number of reasons, but one of the things, obviously you guys got to talk about it a little bit last week, but I love that the family has really kind of come back together and we finally kind of get that sense of healing, I think, in this chapter fully, that everyone is there and loving each other and the immediate wielding of mom and dad against each other by Rue is just fucking perfect. As an eldest sibling, watching that happen many times, my (laughs) younger siblings did that shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the gang's all back together. It was fun to see the family dynamics at work there. Also, effectively being like, yeah, you can go to that really dangerous part, but like bring your gun with you in the form of your talent. <laughs> like, you gotta stay strapped. <laughs> it's like carrying What a fucking father figure. Yeah. It's a little protection. I think that made sense. I think what it made you, sense, What do you want to do? Walk in unarmed. He knows how to defend himself and use it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's a knife. It's just also, it's, it's the other side of, well, yes, but for green bones, it's the gun. You know, like it's, he's not a green It's bone. a little bit more than just a knife. He's just <laughs> well, a kid. Well, it's yeah. not. Guns exist in this world. Yeah. Also true. And he has no jade like, abilities <laughs> and there's no jade on his thing. It's just a knife. It's a pocket knife. <laughs> he's going out to no woods with his little a dog. really big pocket knife. <laughs> with his little pup. His little puppy boy. Yeah, PJ's got a knife. On a serious, <laughs> somebody note, get PJ Tross. I also like this family moment. I like how even though Hilo knowingly went against what Wen was saying should happen, he then explains it to her after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a lot of like small things here with Rue too that I really appreciate. You know, the fact that obviously he didn't go to school, so what he get instead? He got the little dog that we're talking about. And the fact that he's going to a different academy and like seeing the stone eye style of life as opposed to the temple side that we've seen a couple of times. I think it's interesting to focus on Rue and not just hop in on Nico and Jaya and sort of their experience at the the academy again, because we've seen that, you know. Yeah. And there's a whole mm-hmm. other school that we didn't know about. Yeah. Why one? Well, then we never saw. Yeah. Oh, and the academy. Yep. That's what you meant. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, we have dogs. Great news. Dogs. Love a dog. Love a cute dog. Also, Wen is such a different pillar man than Mektar and is clearly thinking much more strategically about the role for maintaining a community versus like other roles. And I love that for Wen and her entire motivation and the way that that's shifted. I adore personally. I really like that here. Yeah. I, I, I felt like the call out from Hilo of like that's not what what a healer uh, ah, that's not what a pillarman does was a little bit odd in that his entire point was we need to change what the pillarman does <laughs> and <laughs> like it's been 6 years of her filling this role in a different way than Tar did so I think it's more I I definitely agree with you I I don't I wouldn't go so far as to say and I don't 
maybe suggest, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but it doesn't feel like it's a disconnect in that way for me so much as it is like, he's like, we'll have, you know, steel giver wound poppy do it. Like wound poppy can take care of that instead. Poppy. Poppy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like that's the role, and and that's when you know that pushback of like, well, maybe we should consider more things under this role than even we've how we've readjusted it. Right. I think when is a good like way to cleanse the yeah black spot, the darkness, <laughs> Tarla. Yeah, I agree on the role, and it's endearing to see her like you know using her own strengths. In order to like push social change, even though she kind of gets like bulldozed. Yeah, because she actually cares about the social causes beyond just the political ramifications, which is something that you can't necessarily say for the other side when we get right. there for sure. She cares about sustainability. Mm-hmm. Get your photovoltaic and panels conservation. on your house. Like those fucking Spanians, <laughs> fucking Spennies. Just kidding. That was a little. That was a little much. Uh, but. The other thing, I didn't get to talk with you guys about this last week because I missed, but I love, too, that we finally see the repair of the relationship between the pair of them and kind of see them coming back together. In this case, literally coming together as they have kitchen sex. What do you mean by that? <laughs> no, I mean when like the there's like the whole thigh conversation and the, the leg spread and then the did you want you more? <laughs> No, I th- I think it's great. Again, one of the things that I really appreciate about Fonda's writing is that this this interweaving of like sex, of course, which is a very normal thing, is just so perfectly done. I think in a, a story that otherwise might skip it. Agreed. The fact that Wen is also now like fully respected, right? Like we've seen and witnessed Wen's come up from book one, where it's like, you know, we go from Aaron's perspective of vessel all the way to, like, leading the clan in the sustainable and, like, intentional way that she wanted to be a part of from the very beginning, but her gender and societal role had forced her out of. Now she's worked her way there where she belongs, shattered every glass ceiling along the way. You said she's respected, but not by Coben's wife. Mm. Well, internally, yeah, internally respected. Yeah, and some people are still out there saying that Hilo needs a make by him at all times. He does. I didn't think that was that good of a burn. It really wasn't. I agreed. I was like, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't. But it would be hurtful as when to hear yeah, that. Right. From like close members within the clan, like that'd be a hurtful thing to hear. Even though it's not like a super original or like deep burn, like, it, it would still suck. That naturally transitions into the other side of this too, which is that, you know, from. From Hilo and from Make When as well, she's effectively lost two brothers. This is where we get the six-year marker from when Tar was banned from the country, and it's effectively as though he's died. They have no communication. It's complete exile, and there's there's no way that she'll ever get to see again. When she goes to the grave, she brings two baskets to Ken's grave and puts two prayers up for both of them, and it's kind of, it's brutal. Even Very though we sad. know that Tar that was is sad, out there where somewhere. he doesn't have a grave, yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll see Tar again? I'm going to say yes. I think it'd be fun to see his perspective. It's him living a normal life. I, But I think if we see his perspective, it's going to be him breaking from that normal life and silently 
without authority working on behalf of the clan. Or maybe he'll have to come back because they're in a bind. Yeah, I think that's... He has to, like, rescue everybody. That's where I'm at. I yeah. think people... Can be called back. You know, people out there in the streets and the listening minds, they like when we do this thing called Made a Bet. Um, yep. um, so, even though I don't love it, let's make some bets, people. Let's make a bet. Yeah, yeah. And do it. Tar bets. What does tar his bet. future hold? <laughs> totally rede- tar returns and totally redeems himself. <laughs> I need more specifics. <laughs> <laughs> Tar's back and he's totally going to redeem himself on this week's Jade Legacy. <laughs> Okay, I, I think that's a. I mean, that's that's a bet I'm willing to make right there. Tar comes back and totally redeems himself. Well, the house doesn't accept it. That Tar comes back because, like, literally, no one else can save the day. Yeah, like, I think he's like called back. Like all the calls are like captured or something. He's the last, last person. And then he has to come back and save the day, and he he like dies saving everyone. Totally redeems himself. Yep. So I think Tar win. Tar unceremoniously, unheroically saves the day in his own perspective, thwarts something that would have been catastrophic in the name of No Peak without anybody knowing about oh, it. Oh, like the king prince. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Some, some connections good book here. Reading. That's some good book reading right there. <laughs> I think PJ's right, but I still like my idea <laughs> <better>. <laughs> I do think I agree. I think he's going to be like a last line. Like he's going to get called back as like the last option. We got no options. Fuck. We have to call Tar. Bring in the muscle. Yeah. What do you guys All think? All right. I think Tar falls off a bridge. I think cool. that Got your Tar is going to be out in the woods on a camper with his cousin named Gwen and his grandfather in an RV. And he's going to go on a little walk. And an alien contraption called the Omnitrix is going to attach itself to his wrist. Or wrist. And <laughs> he will become an alien fighter that can morph into 10 specific types of aliens with different skills and from? abilities. I love that you've explained the aliens? concept of he's ben no ten. superhero. Ben or ben he's ten. a superhero. He's no ordinary kid. He's Tar 10. I have no idea what fucking nerd... <laughs> kind of sounded like Cowboys and Aliens. For a it actually is pretty it similar to concept show <laughs> back in the day. I'm not going to lie to you at all. And it had a sick video game on the PlayStation 2. PlayStation. Actually true. Yeah, no, it does kind of sound like Cowboys and Aliens now that you mention it. I never put those two together. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Love that. So we move on from the graveyard, of which, of course, is very sad, to the Wainland School. And we get this picture of the mountain school for the first time. And I really love this view of walking in and sort of how distinct it feels from the from Caldew Academy. But we also, of course, finally meet a lot of Cobans that we haven't met previously and boy, oh boy, is that a fun time. Coben uh, Euro is described as everyone's fi- everyone's uncle no one wants to spend time with. And that is fucking perfect. Especially when he later reveals himself to be a racist nationalist prick. Like, yep, all right, 
cool. Good, good, good. <laughs> right into the stereotype. Like, okay, Uncle Coben. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Coben was giving me major Donald Trump vibes. <laughs> <laughs> the <For> looters. Sure. <laughs> the environmental <laughs> destroyers. They're coming. They're taking our jade. <laughs> and the people who more or less this. have no idea <laughs> what is going on. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. And the I new Pete clan. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the hand motions really sell it. I'm not going to lie. I'd rather pretend Audio medium. they both don't exist. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't we all? It says we all. What do we think of Coben Euro? Um, His name distracts me. Reminds me of a sandwich. Yeah. Yep. Not a sandwich, <laughs> but yeah. A hero. <laughs> hero. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly anti no peak, pro mountain, gonna make Wynn look bad no matter what. Yeah, I thought it was. His wife was fucking obnoxious. Yeah. So. Bitch. If I, if I uh, can say that. Yeah, I mean, he was what I expected. I feel like we knew he was the mouthpiece, and he delivered on that. To name his wife Bet is just so good because it's like Bet. I'll take it a step further. Bet. I'll take it a step <laughs> further. And I just like, I don't know what it was about it, but I just love that <laughs> sort of like small meta joke in my own head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The biting words exchange between those two is some of my favorite, like, wordplay, I think, in all of these books, right? Like, this is this is out of the, the Pierce Brown playbook in a lot of ways. I, I love the line, Jadeless women, we have so few weapons. We duel each other with smiles and words the way our husbands do with knives. And the way that that exchange goes down is exactly like that. It's so brilliant. I loved Wynn's line. Passive-aggressive. That was like... Yes, our wives have so much to do with our family's reputations or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where she was like insulting. That. And that's why your son dropped his last name, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that <was> so great. <laughs> There's so many of those. It's just like perfect. Nice little shanks. Yeah, I was really proud of Wynn for being able to get those off even with her. She's not able to think as fast on her feet as she used to. Like remember all the names and faces, but that's why politicking is its own kind of sport. Right. She got kind of like a political schooling here and like, you can't show up to the event and actually talk earnestly about the event. (laughs) It's not how politics work. (laughs) So it's more about like getting the crowd heated up. At my job we regularly court politicians to come speak at these events and we're very clear like hey you know everything's political to a degree but you cannot give a stump speech if you don't right (laughs) and then like if they do they're not invited back type of thing so you know we gotta get on this organization they gotta give their they gotta rein in Tobin to a degree what are we doing here letting him go off willy-nilly like that yeah there's the other side of that, too, where it's like you're also on mountain territory, so he's bound to get away right. with more naturally just by the nature of the beast. But, yeah, there's definitely a good good they component there. Doing. Good, good point. Without a doubt. I did also want to bring up, you know, kind of separating from this part of the conversation a little bit. There there are two components with Jerhuya, who, of whom is the filmmaker as well as an Abuke individual, 
And I find it interesting, again, that Wen, of whom we believe to maybe be the most progressive character from KCON for the most part, I think I can make that assumption or statement without, you know, diving in too much, makes similar assertions against Abuke, of whom are the true natives of the land, without really knowing the culture and understanding, like, the rings and the position on the fingers fully and what it means as Jerhuya wears them. I'm curious both on your thoughts on when on Jerhuya in the ring, sort of that prejudice, as well as Jerhuya on the whole as this filmmaker. Do you think he's a bigger role to play? I don't want to talk heresy here, but did anybody else catch vibes? Well, no, when was, like, embarrassed Ooh. because she slipped up by asking him about, like, his relationship status. Like, it's like when people wear the, what's it called? Kala? What's it called? Oh, yeah. Kala. Kala? I'm pretty sure that's right. Is that right? That yeah. sounded so weird yeah, coming the, out of my the, mouth. Like, the Irish the, heart yep, holding the, the heart. Yep. And, like, you wear it a certain way to show whether you're single or looking. I think she was just, like, embarrassed because she, Oof. like, pointed out the ring, like, oh, why do you wear it like that? Are you kind of like... And then she realized... Oh shit! I was. Uh, I was thinking, I didn't mean to ask about your yeah. stuff. I thought she was that getting like. Oh, I, I, I read vibes. it that way as well. Oh, okay. Jeez, Ben, you're getting vibes from everybody. Hey. Me and PJ are like, there's no vibes. <laughs> well, here looking for <laughs> we're, vibes. We're vibeless. Listen, Hollywood doesn't give us rom toms anymore. Ben is searching for without anywhere <laughs> he can get them. <laughs> I just thought she was like this artist is hot. No, I can't see. When. I can't really either, but then I don't know. She's got hot, enough to handle with hot Hilo artists can get, can get counter. anybody, you know. Hey, she's a matchmaker, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, canes can be cool sometimes. I yeah, maybe cane. No. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> of all of the sex. Oh no, we've circled back. All right. The final thing, of course, is Coben's agenda and sort of the way that these speeches go down. We already mentioned, obviously, bringing a a plastic fork to a knife fight. But, you know, we we definitely see a big difference here. What do you think of the mountains move in general and as they're playing towards this sort of jingoistic nationalistic agenda that we we've seen before played in Jade War, but to use the Cobans as the sort of talking point? What do you think? I just every time anything political happens, I feel like no peak is like two steps behind they're behind but also like they're schemy enough well the mountains plan is like it's good in the short term but it's not a good long-term plan like nationalism it's good to like you can appeal to people's emotions and that kind of thing but clearly that's not where the world is going so eventually like it's going to have to change and you can only get so far with that like that nationalistic agenda and it just like i said it's an it's a, an emotional appeal and eventually that runs out so i don't know ben, there let's i'll take a moment and hope that you are correct <laughs> <laughs> i think it i mean on a yeah, larger more just know, present yeah, scale yeah. sure I agree a hundred percent, but I, I do think like it just, it only has so much, those movements happen and then I don't know, logic wins in the end. I feel like a lot of the time, but we'll see, I guess, but there's only, there's only so many like buttons you can push as far as like the nationalistic thing goes. And then like people just get kind of tired of that. And, and so 
I don't see it as a good like long-term plan. I do see it as like the mountain is always kind of taking like the short-term stuff and they're just like, they're playing dirty. They'll take a shortcut. They will, they don't mind about honor. They're like, they're not trying to do things the right way or whatever. So like, to me, all of that is just characterizes the mountain perfectly. Like that's their play is like whatever the short road is for us to get control and power. And then once they, they can win this way doing this nationalistic thing, but I guarantee you, you know, if this continued 10, 15 years down the road or whatever, they have to, they're going to have to pivot their platform because that's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. But especially that's kind the of been their the deal going, though. Yeah. Like they're, they're constantly pivoting their platform. Yes. And, and they're and able like, to do that very well. Yeah. Anyone friends pivot the couch. Yeah. Pivot. <sighs> pivot. I'm also old. Aaron thinks I got it. I got it. <laughs> We're all millennials here. Yeah, it's true. Even Thomas. Millennials are the widest Even generation. Me. <laughs> it's it's how I signaled to Thomas that I'm good. Oh. Well, I wasn't looking. It's like yes, oh, sir. For my chapter. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no, it's 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 my move. It's like yep, you. <laughs> we have one cut, cut, cut. last chapter. Chapter sure. twenty. Progress. Elo continues a years long habit of training with his men at the tall estate. The previous three years, Hilo had extended an invitation to this elite sort of gathering to Jim Sunto, who has seemingly successfully reformed the Tekkenese military. After another sparring slash training session, Sunto reports to Hilo on how far the military has come under his tutelage before departing and letting him know that he's moving into a new business venture, a private military company. Hilo, not pleased with the news, and the pair part on what I would categorize as less than friendly terms. Jim's got a pair of balls on him. Dude kind of just doesn't give a fuck. Uncupped. <laughs> Uncupped balls. <laughs> he does not give a fuck. And like, a Hilo, understandably with the news, but Hilo shifted on a dime. Like he was so okay with their less than professional demeanor and like his his informal way of addressing the horn because like because the relationship just kind of worked that way and now he feels i i I bet he feels a little bit betrayed to a certain degree and taken advantage of to a certain degree I don't know if he's justified in feeling like that, but I can certainly understand his concerns in a new company like this popping up, especially out of nowhere from somebody that he's come to trust for the last six, seven years. So I get it. I also think he just doesn't want Jim as an enemy. Like like he knows that he's just like formidable and so like if jim was hired by an enemy or something like that mm. yeah it's a real threat he, he doesn't want the smoke yeah <laughs> wearing jade <laughs> fighting in a weird way that yeah. hilo's been training to combat for years but no right. one else not many people at least in no have. yeah so in that respect does this kind of strong arm him or subtly strong arm him into putting these guys on retainer that's a very interesting thought pj that is a really interesting thought maybe that 
contributed to his anger a little bit. Is that like, maybe why Jim even told him? That's yeah. I I could see that being provoking. Yeah. Yeah, like you need to start paying me for all this. <laughs> well, not even uh, that, but like, hey, if you don't just pay for me to be a client or for to be a client of mine. Yeah. The mountain might hypothetically the mountain could hire us. Yeah. Hmm. Good point. That's why he's like, Don't bring your mercenary shit on my turf. Yeah. On my island, bruh. Can I I just so this is very meta, I think. But I just feel like in these situations, whenever this happens in a fantasy story, I'm like, you can't, you gotta just kill some, you gotta kill him. You can't let him walk away after this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't threaten somebody's yeah. life. Could he like, kill if Jim I ever Sinto, see you again? Though? I don't I know. Think he could. Like, Jim Sinto. I, mean, I mean, all his dudes are there. Yeah. yeah. I think Surprise. we're already falling into the trap right now. Like, these Greenbone clans do not fall into the same moral categories as like modern day society as we know it. So we need to like understand their moral compass and root for things that fit within that compass. Right. And I think that would. And I already that do. seems really shitty from the way that we understand the world, but they're like this world is different and we need to understand that like extreme measures need to be taken. Amy had I could see that being the agree. right option. But yeah, I just like you can't Amy had, Amy had it coming. PJ said it first. What? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't threaten a yeah, highly skilled, her. highly motivated guy like Jim Sunto. If I ever see you again, I'll kill you. Like I know that's not what he said and I'm reading between the lines, but like you can't do shit like that. He's basically like, and stay off my like, turf. And later. Yeah. I just don't like it. It happens all the time in these stories. I just wish one time they'd be like, you know what, actually? No, fuck you. Like, you're dead. That was dumb. And let those consequences happen. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think we will regret letting Jim Sunto walk away in this moment. Most definitely. Definitely. Jim Sunto is a fucking bad boy. In more ways than one, because before he tells Hilo about his private jade-equipped military force he's got going, he's like, you know what would be a good idea for the Technese military? What if we open things up to people who don't have a lifelong of jade training and let them use some SN2? non-starter obviously for the Tetanese. Yeah. yeah this it seemed like that was like two people who really just don't understand each other you know and they have like they're operating on different wavelengths yeah just like completely yeah. different planes of existence kind of and just like for Jim it's like this is not a big deal for Hilo it's never like not even a question of whether he would ever use that stuff so it's just Two people who are incapable of understanding each other. It's interesting, too, because Hilo thinks of... It seems like Hilo thinks, you know, Jim is Tetanese. He should think like a Tetanese. He should just be Tetanese, even though he grew up in Espenia. And doesn't apply that same, like, you are what your genetics are, I guess, to Andon, who is half Espenian. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he like he's always like this? Andon's always been Tetanese. He looks as Spinian, even. 
which might be, you know, obviously half Cantonese, which is like an interesting I think, thing to think. I think that gets into like the way that Kilo cares most about culture. Like he even acknowledges, even in Jade War, the sort of imitation that, God, what's his name? The guy that we kill in Jade War. Got Ash? Ugh. Not Make. Nope. Starts with an M, though. Malovny? <laughs> Which guy? <laughs> A lot I'm, of I'm thinking the, uh, the UE win. The UE win. Oh. The, uh, oh, oh. No. Nope. So... Zapunio. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were ta- so, talking about Shay's lover. No, 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 no. Tor- yeah, totally, totally understand. Maro. No, Maro. Yeah, no, I'm talking <laughs> the way that he culturally respects Zapunio, even though he thinks that what he's doing is deplorable and kind of in offense. He at the very least has an understanding for it. So he thinks that, like, you're striving for something that's culturally Kekanese, even if you aren't actually Kekanese. And he sees this as an affront to the Kekanese culture, despite mixed heritage i i don't think that he actually cares about the the heritage so much as he does what you do with your heritage or what you aspire to be and if you don't aspire to be kekanese it doesn't matter yeah i can believe that i can get behind that that's what i feel at the very least mm-hmm. from like the way that he reacts to a lot of things either way mm-hmm. i don't think friendship was likely to work out between these two no no there was like a weird not begrudging, but like weird, wary respect, I guess, between the two of them. Until now. Hmm. Cool, that dope. Yeah. The last, I mean, we kind of touched a lot of, on a lot of it. We went backwards, more or less. One thing of note is that <laughs> we, we have a new do. housekeeper at the Tall Estate, Sulima, which I just read this week. Kiana didn't retired. Listen. Yeah, God bless. I must have just skipped right over that. Did Kiana die? She retired. She's in semi-retirement. Oh, okay. Hope she has a sick pension. Hope all her needs are being taken care of. These kids grew up, though, you know. Yeah. Kianla. Rip in paradise. Hopefully. Uh, she's not dead. Or retire in paradise. <laughs> you assumed I meant something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got Thanks. him. <laughs> you got me. You really wanted someone to It was a T-ball joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really, I lofted that one. I was like, "Please take the bait, somebody take the bait." I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> and <okay>. now, <laughs> you guys, without further friends. ado. Oh yeah, but we've always hated each other. <laughs> you're like Jim good. and Hilo. Yeah, that's all I got. Good week of chapters. Cool. Mm-hmm. Who in your triumvirate, you three, you novices, you new readers? Who won the week this week? Hmm. Bet. Andon. Yeah, Andon for sure. I think Andon actively made the most progress towards any goals that Opeek has. I just didn't love. I like that Juan worked him. with the mountain horn and blew up a boat. I thought that was nice. Juan was my second pick. Juan was good. We do work together. Uh, Andon got medical jade legalized and and grabbed a dude's balls and, and grabbed a guy's him. balls and threatened him so that's an automatic yeah. winner for me that's mm. <laughs> all it takes <laughs> nope. that's all it takes nope. <laughs> few, Plus, few you books make you as physical <laughs> and entirely you know the and and to get to that to what i was just saying as well few books like make you literally like 
imagine someone like they're like he grabs his balls and you're like cool it's like he cups the balls says a line (laughs) grabs tighter says another line and that's like ooh, it's a lot of y'all are squirming i'm like so what yeah (laughs) rip him off and in yeah chuck him in the dumpster so yeah and in for me how about you thomas what you think what you feel i don't know i guess Andon did. You sound super confident. I'm not confident in it. I like what Juan did, I think, more. Tom, was pretty I into think it. you and everyone else picked. I don't. It's, I mean, I will if I have to. I don't feel like I have to this week. Juan did some cool naval operations. I don't like that he was prejudiced, though. Otherwise, I would be all in on him. But yeah, that was what are you going to do? True. You know, work-life balance. Check. Good food tastes, possibly. Check. Swim Stay fast. at, like, swims fast. Check. Romance with the new horn of the mountain? Maybe. It's in play. <laughs> Could they be the Bash Brothers? Not off the table. Could they be the Bash Brothers? Best Perhaps. Friends. Only Perhaps. time will tell. Find out next week on Words and Whiskey. With that, next week, we are going to be entering our fourth episode here, tackling chapters 21 through 28. 21 through 28. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to Tim and Andrew, who help keep our show's lights going, help keep the show going. And add cool music. They add cool music to the... the Andrew Andrew adds cool music to stuff. They erase like, my mic Andrew, bumps. He does. He does. Andrew will occasionally listen to a good chunk of the show while he's going through and waiting for things to happen. And sometimes he'll be like, ooh, we could use a cool sound effect there, and he'll just insert shit. It's always a fun joy. Mm-hmm. Well, bonus. Andrew, I think you're wonderful, personally. We all think you're wonderful. You too, well, Tim. Let's be real. When, I, when you say it, it's less special. Because <laughs> I, I just said it, and now everyone thinks it. So now it's mundane. <laughs> God damn it, Thomas. And, Stop being a contrary. Tim, you're, you're great, too. Mosey's <laughs> great, though. We don't give Andrew enough shine. Uh, check out the show notes where you can find our schedule our patreon our previous episodes our websites our social media accounts all in one convenient location i think we've had a few bleed over jokes today in this episode and if you want the full context of what we were laughing about (laughs) you could join the patreon and listen to the devil's cut and have the full context for the jokes so that's and my pitch. Don't forget to rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will, I guess, grab your nuts. <laughs> and ah, <threaten> do it. You. <laughs> we have to. We yeah, we have to. We must. We will shove and your cock like back it. in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, and we'll zip it up aggressively. Yeah, that was very like uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was funny that he zipped it up. Yeah. Put that shit away. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just expected a little pat pat. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, what is it like? Love that. So I'm not going to be stars, doing any so of that. So you can avoid all of that. Perfect. As mentioned, Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. You can reach us out to us at wordsandwhiskeyshow at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash wordsandwhiskey, like PJ had mentioned. And thank you so much to our co hosts here for a doing the whole show, you know, last week without me and for doing this in general. It's it's been, you know, we're we're on like episode 107 I 20, think. 
Well, this is 159 of the podcast as a whole, but like 20-something of this little series. So very appreciative of all the time we've gotten to spend. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Little did you know you're committing a half year of your life to I don't think I knew that. No. The math snuck up. (laughs) Like, yeah, Yeah. we'll cover some books. When am I I free to like... (laughs) Not do this every PJ, week. PJ, you're never. Well, PJ free. had no idea what he was committing to. PJ is a prisoner of the yeah. podcast. PJ said, "Oh, three books." <laughs> all right. I See you guys it. later. I love you all. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.